Today's episode is brought to you by Slater's 5050 and the Vegas Beer Guys. Shantz and Chu are washing their mouths out with soap because the How Dare You podcast contains explicit language. Hello and welcome to the first launch. Get it, Chu? <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> of the How Dare You podcast. My name is Michael Schatz. I am of the How Dare You Awards. With me on this adventure is my good friend who knows nothing about movies, Lady Chu. Say hi, Chu. Hi, everybody. Michelle Chu here. I'm a monster, <laughs> which you'll find out. On a good day. Soon enough. So... Well, first of all, Chu, my name is Mike Schantz, but how will you refer to me, probably? We talked about your name on our introduction. I don't think we talked about my name, though. I refer to you as Schantz because I don't follow the rules hardly ever, which you'll come to see in the coming weeks on episodes. I don't follow the rules. Actually, a lot of my friends. <laughs> right. So just Schantz. Uh, for sure. Yeah, lots of my friends refer me to Shantz as Shantz um, so that they can rhyme it with pants because, Chew, I surround myself with the most brilliant people. Well, thank you. I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> Shancy pants is not too clever, but that's why people do it. So it's, you know, if I was to refer to myself in the third person, I would say Chance. If I was to introduce myself to someone, I would say my name's Mike Chance. Wow. I don't think I knew that about you. I mean, remembering back now, I think, yeah. But if I if I would refer to myself in the third person, yeah, I would say Chance. Like, you know, being Cher or Madonna on a much lesser scale. But just as great. <laughs> oh, thank you. Aren't you sweet? <laughs> All right, everybody, we are here today to talk about Armageddon, the 1998 Michael Bay film that gave birth, birth, I tell you, to the How Dare You Awards. As previously mentioned on our introduction, I saw this movie and it gave me a headache for three days. And some friends of mine and I decided we had to find a way, to to let Hollywood know that sometimes... They just fuck shit up. <laughs> well, I would agree. And you'll come to find out that I hated this movie so goddamn much. <laughs> it was just offensive. Literally. Offensive? How dare you have made this movie and then expected me to watch it? Well, interesting fact. Even Michael Bay is quoted as saying, I will apologize for Armageddon. I needed that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I really needed that apology. Uh, not me, because, I mean, look, it gave birth to the How Dare You Awards. The How Dare You Awards have been around for over 20 years now. This movie was nominated, Chu, for two How Dare You Awards. It was nominated for Biggest Disappointment. It did not win. It lost to Godzilla. Wow. Godzilla must have been really bad it is you haven't seen it come on <laughs> god damn it <laughs> all right fine we're putting that on the list we're gonna watch that you gotta watch the ferris bueller version of godzilla why do you say ferris bueller version oh i was gonna i was hoping you would ask <laughs> why do you think i don't know is he in it? That's right. Wow. Matthew Broderick's in. Matthew Broderick is in Godzilla. But look, look, we nominate and then you, the fans, choose the winners to the How Dare You Awards. Godzilla. No, yeah, it was a big disappointment. So <laughs> <laughs> it's it in retrospect is. A silly and ridiculous movie, but it didn't sell itself as a silly, ridiculous movie. It, it looked like it sold itself as 
you've never seen a Godzilla movie like this with great action and, you know, great looking sets of destruction. And, yeah. and it wasn't any of that. It was so, you know, I can't I can't say that people got it wrong. I feel but like you could have just left oof. it at that. Like, you've never seen a movie like this. And you'd be like, well, that's correct. Right. It's an awful piece. In of addition, in addition to. To biggest disappointment, Armageddon was also nominated for most formulaic movie. This idea of heroes having to go save the world. I mean, pretty standard, right? Yeah, we've seen that a ton of times. So in addition, you have heroes saving the world and a huge formulaic of disaster film that was very popular at the time. But it lost out to You've Got Mail for formulaic. And that formula was a new formula all of its own where Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan fall in love, even if they hate each other. <laughs> so they'd been in so many movies where they're falling in love. It was became its own formula and people... People voted for that one. Nice. What are you going to do? I can't say. I'd like to think that this isn't like the girl coming out in me, but I didn't hate You've Got Mail. It's... Shut up. I hate your silence. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hate it. I... Tom Hanks was great. Loved him. And he had a cute little dog, a golden retriever. I can watch You've Got Mail and not get angry. It's fun, yeah. but it's just stupid. It's stupid. Yeah. But I didn't hate it. I mean, I guess, and, and comparatively, it suffers because it doesn't come anywhere close to, say, Sleepless in Seattle. You want to know something? Oh, my God. <laughs> Let me just put a tally. <laughs> Grievance! Grievance! <laughs> yep. No, I've probably seen maybe 10 minutes of it, and I'm maybe in the middle and then kept turning the channel. Wow. Yeah. They meet on the radio or something. I'm or so mad at you whatever. right now. Yeah. You've seen You've Got Mail. You <laughs> haven't seen Sleepless in Seattle. This is, a, that's a true statement. And we haven't even gotten to Armageddon, basically. All right. We have to move on. I'll put my <laughs> anger aside. Just stuff it down nice and deep. Okay. So it wells up at, at a later time when I don't want it. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Let's deal with Armageddon. First of all, Chew, fun fact about Armageddon. NASA shows Armageddon <laughs> during management training to see how many errors people can spot. As like an interview, I think. I think as part of their interview, you have to watch this movie and point out the errors. So far, 168 errors have been found. I... I think I that makes sense. That makes sense yeah. to me. Liv, uh, Liv Tyler turned this movie down twice before accepting her role. I really like Liv Tyler, but yeah, she she could have gotten better. Should have stuck to her guns. Yeah. The average length of time between screenshots is 1.5 seconds. It's like they were trying to give you a seizure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like somebody was editing it, editing this movie in the middle of an epileptic fit. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, be like, did you catch all that? And be like, what? <laughs> what? Huh? No, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I, I was seizing on the ground. <laughs> I couldn't look at it. I had a spoon in my mouth. So I didn't bite my tongue. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of, there were definitely moments where I was like, oof, I, I had to look down or it was just, it was kind of hard to watch. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, every movie will start by talking about our list of grievances, just so you can get an idea of exactly how dare these movies have how dared us. Chu, how long is your list of grievances for Armageddon? Um, I think the grievances were about 20. Okay. At I have, least. I have 27. Yeah. I think we were we were kind of close. Positive points or, or honorable mentions? Uh, I got up to eight. There are eight things I really liked in this movie. Uh, mine was less. I think I had about six. Yours was fewer, Chew. Yeah. 
You're right. It's been a while since I've been in school. <laughs> Mine was fewer. So listen. Uh, yeah, I had about six. I don't think we can talk about this movie without also mentioning Deep Impact. Because these movies came out the same year. I'm pretty sure Deep Impact, I want to say, came out in May. I know this movie came out like July 3rd, Armageddon. One movie is feels inherently female. One movie is clearly masculine. Yeah. Like toxic masculinity. Deep Impact was directed by a woman, Mimi Leader. Its central character is a woman. The astronauts who are trying to save the world come together to try to solve that problem and sacrifice together. They all give up their lives. Yeah. Total opposite in Armageddon. No central female character, really. You have Liv Tyler there as her as his daughter, but there's not much for her to do other than worry. Yeah. And you have the savior. You have sort of the Christ one man alone can save us <laughs> yeah. in this movie. And I just think it's interesting taking a look at both of these movies side by side. What, any thoughts? Deep Impact, I had actually wa- just happened to, to watch a few days before we had watched Armageddon. Oh, wow. Just by chance. It was so much better. Yeah. It was so much better. I mean, it, you know, it's still is what it is. It's a 90s movie, so the special effects are what they are, you know. Um, somehow, sometimes the dialogue is really similar in those movies. Sure. But all that aside, I liked Deep Impact so much more. I liked that they killed off the main character. Love it when that shit happens. Right, so at the end of this movie, it's, you know, what does she do? She tries to repair her relationship with her father. Yeah. There was definitely, there was a lot of, um, I don't know, there was just so many moments where you could genuinely, as a viewer, male or female, relate to. Right. Like, they just, they really humanized her, especially at the end. Well, I think they humanize everybody in that movie, and they do it well, and that's why that movie's more successful to me. But the thing that I find interesting is, okay, budget of Deep Impact, $75 budget of... Armageddon, 140 million. Deep Impact did make 140 million in the USA. Armageddon made 201 million. So, just in the USA alone, based also on its budget, not an over bloated budget, you know, Deep Impact made more money in this country. But worldwide, Armageddon made 553.5 million dollars. And Deep Impact only made $350 million. So I just find it interesting that one movie, to me, is objectively better and is not as toxic. But in 1998, you know, what the world wanted was the toxic movie. That's the movie they liked. Yeah. Makes me kind of sad. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bummer, for sure. Because Deep Impact really was a good movie. And then... Considering how much I can't stand Armageddon, it's just really a bummer to know that it did so much better uh, in the box office. Yeah. I yeah. Any you know, it's a weird snapshot in time, late '90s when these movies two, both came out and they both were kind of vying for the top spot, giving each other shit and talking shit about each other and that kind of thing. So I I think this movie, though, kind of announces its presence with authority right at the beginning of the movie, does it not? Yeah. (laughs) You have a particular grievance with that beginning, so the floor is yours. Well, they start out the movie, you know, with this bizarro intro of this. Right. I don't know who who the narrator was at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, it sounds like Orson Welles. Who was it? It sounds like Orson Welles. It's got that. I don't. Oh. I'd have to look it up. Hang on. Okay. Well, I, if it's Orson Welles, I'm not going to hate on it that much. But oh, I don't think it is. But they, um, 
you know, they go over like how the dinosaurs died and this asteroid hit and right. just complete devastation. And it's just, it's too much all the way at the beginning. They, I just hated it. It was so gag worthy. <laughs> I didn't need, I didn't need that intro. I didn't need to look back on how the dinosaurs died and that, that this has happened before. And it's inevitable that it will happen again. Shut the fuck up. I know that you could have just gone straight into, oh shit, we have an asteroid problem. Okay. Right. I I didn't need you to try and uh, send home the idea that this could happen again and it's everyone's going to die and this is of epic proportion. Like, no, stop it. Yeah. Well, the thing I took issue with more at the beginning is so this movie starts with you've got astronauts working on a shuttle in outer space. You're introduced to Billy Bob Thornton. And sort of, I, I can only describe as debris from the meteor that's going to hit us. Yeah. That's 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 managed to get ahead. <laughs> uh, tears this. <laughs> How I don't yeah, know. Tears this shuttle to pieces, and then the first thing you hear from Billy Bob Thornton is replay that, as if like <laughs> there's just cameras sitting in outer space taping these guys. You know, and, and, and they give you different angles again. It's like they should, you know, as as though a movie director is outside of the shuttle directing <laughs> these guys trying to fix something. How do they have so many angles? It's, it's so, so fucking dumb. I just, you know, so you add on top of that that, I don't know, some old guy who has the world's biggest telescope in his backyard and appears to be a, a wife abuser. Talking about how, what a hag she is and all that shit and nonsense. That was actually one of my honorable mentions ah. was how he describes his wife as a vicious life-sucking bitch from which there is no escape. And I laughed out loud. <laughs> but you laughed out loud at how wrong it was, correct? I would hope so. I mean, maybe she's not a peach, but I think what he says is a little much. <laughs> maybe she's not a peach. All right. <laughs> Well, we're just getting started here, everybody. We, we're, we're not even two minutes into this movie, and we got to take a break, Chew. So <laughs> we're going to take, take yes. a break, uh, you know, get yourself a drink and a snack, and we'll come back and, uh, you know, continue with our list of grievances for Armageddon. Stay tuned. Look. People, we're living in strange times. We know that, don't we? Of course we do. People don't even know what to do with themselves. We're getting stir-crazy. Well, get outside and get yourself some great food, I say. You need to go to Slater's 5050 and Point Loma's Liberty Station. It's time to treat yourself to booze, to beer, to burgers, and more. They have their full menu, people. Their full menu, I say. How many restaurants do you know that are doing that? Most places are doing a quarter of their menu, probably. Some might be doing a half. Maybe a few have got three quarters of a menu. But Slater's 5050 has their full menu, including their signature 5050 patty. It's half ground beef. It's half ground bacon. It's 100% delicious. What more can you possibly ask? Worried about social distancing? Well, it is in place, people. Tables are separated and the staff will always be seen wearing masks. You're out of excuses. Get off your keister and come on down to Liberty Station's own Slater's 5050. Indoor dining available. Outdoor dining available. Bring the family. Bring your dog. Come enjoy the normal again. Good day to you. I said good day. And we're back. We're here talking about the 1998 film Mark Ar Mark Ageden. I don't know. <laughs> Armageddon, directed by Michael Bay. I think I saw Michael's M and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to say Michael yeah. Bay afterwards. And, well, things just went to shit from there. <laughs> An example of how this podcast is going to go. Hey, whoa, whoa, kidding. easy there, easy there. I'm just kidding. It's going to be great. All right. So... We, we basically didn't even get five minutes into this movie. So essentially, we got an asteroid. It's heading towards Earth. Somehow, nobody saw it <laughs> until, it's until it's almost too late. Thanks, NASA. 
We we saw it just in time to recruit a ragtag group of misfits from an oil rig, which is where we meet our heroes, Chew. If you want to call them that. If I want to call them that, yeah. But our heroes, I don't know. They don't seem like the smartest bunch, do they? First of all, we have Bruce Willis attempting homicide by chasing... By ch- <laughs> I mean, he is chasing Ben Affleck around an oil rig with a shotgun, shooting at him. So put aside the fact that A, attempted homicide... And it's all just presented as hijinks and fun. Yeah. But on top of that, again, you're on an oil rig. It's dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. What the fuck are you doing? And he's the boss. He should know better. Come on. <laughs> right. Stupid. So we've got... So we meet, you know, we meet Bruce Willis. We meet Buscemi. We meet Michael Clark Duncan. We meet Liv Tyler. We meet Ben Affleck. We meet Will Patton. We meet everybody. Do we meet Owen Wilson? We will meet Owen Wilson. Anyway, so we meet this group of misfits on this oil rig. Also, by the way, total fucking litter bug, Bruce Willis. Just throwing shit in the ocean. Yeah, I didn't like that. Golf balls, golf clubs. The fuck? As PETA is there, right? Or no, it was World yeah, Pe- yeah. Uh, Greenpeace. Or, yeah. yeah, somebody. Yeah. Greenpeace, Greenpeace. He's just launching golf balls at Greenpeace. You know, because they just want the earth clean. Yeah. But I did have this very strange... You know, I kept thinking, why is Grace, Liv Tyler's character, on that oil rig? She's living there, they say. That's just sad. It doesn't even make sense. How is she supposed to run the business from that oil rig? Go to a fucking office. <laughs> she had to get laid. Don't bring... By Ben. Yeah, don't bring the Japanese delegates to the oil rig where people are chasing each other with shotguns. Go to the mainland. Get an office. Make it presentable. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I... I have a feeling, Chu, you hated this movie a little bit more than me. So, so I'm gonna. The floor is yours. What, what do you hate? What? Tell me what you hate. Uh, well, so I much. mean, first off, it was just the whole premise of NASA should have like the utmost knowledge of what's going on in the universe for people on Earth. Yeah, watch the skies at and least. And one, you didn't catch the asteroid in time, and two. You were so short on time, you were grasping at straws. You were like, okay, we literally have nobody else. No other even scientists or anybody. Let's just go to an oil rig. Let's just go do that. We just need, we need the world's best deep core driller. And this is funny, too, because this is a difference between the two movies, this and Deep Impact. In Deep Impact, it's getting to the center of, on that movie, what's a comet instead of, an arm, or, uh, instead of a meteor. Is not a problem. We're not going to even deal with that at all. <laughs> We're going to just give little bots that like dig in yeah. to the comet to our astronauts. Now, maybe you might offend actual oil drillers. I'm not sure <laughs> that's the audience you want to pitch to, just oil drillers, yeah. which is what this movie decides to do. So this movie is full-on going to create drama out of the drilling part. Not the human part, just the drilling part. It was weird because if you were to ask me, hey, what's something you're super not interested in? I might say, oil drilling. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Watching men dig holes in the earth. (laughs) I can't get behind that. But Michael Bay thought it was a good idea. Yeah, what what if we... didn't have them drilling holes in the earth, but had them drilling holes in outer space. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. How's that work? Well, they're going to be on a meteor. Marginally more interesting, I suppose. But I think that I could convince an audience that it's easier for astronauts to learn how to dig a hole than it is to teach 
oil drillers how to be astronauts. That could have easily been Although, fixed. Right. Although that is where a lot of the good stuff that I like in this movie happens and where the comedy in this movie comes into play. That their training session, I think, is really funny. Yeah, that was I think that was one of the most enjoyable parts of the movie. And it's always that that uh that type of scene or setup where like you're training or like you're changing and you're getting ready and like that was fun. Yeah. Plenty of slow motion, plenty of sassy background music or or you know, so, you know, regular songs. Yeah. Oh, You've honorable got mentions lines for that. Like, uh the list of um payments that they wanted like in return for like hey we're gonna help yeah. out nasa and all the like the ridiculous stuff they asked for that was good i've got a note chew that says all of that was improvised i michael bay just asked the actors to make up their requests for their characters on their own and they just literally handed the notes to bruce willis and he read them i i can get behind that i really liked it and it worked yeah. it's funny and never having to pay taxes again 100%. Hell yeah. yeah. If I'm going to leave the comfort of Earth and go out into the cold black void of space to save some shit, I'm not paying taxes no more. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. That's that's the deal. <laughs> and NASA doesn't care cuz they're NASA. you know, they assume they're they assume they're sending them on a suicide mission yeah. anyway. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> I can get the government to agree to that. <laughs> Joke's on you. Almost everybody comes back. Well, and you have another sort of honorable mention positive point for me is um, Harry's speech at NASA. You know, when he's, there's nobody else to do it. We have to save the earth. That whole speech I thought was really good. I liked it that. I wasn't upset about it. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Didn't piss you off no. at least? No. All right. That was okay. Well, I mean, I you know, we have we have we come to an agreement. Not you and I, but the <laughs> the, the, Clearly. the the government, the <laughs> the government and the oil drillers have come to an agreement. Then they train. We like that. Now we have to get up into outer space. Oh, you know what, though? Before I, I got a real serious grievance with this movie right before they leave. Almost everything that everybody does the night before they leave is in some way stupid or ridiculous. It's either shot poorly. You know, Will Patton is there gambling at the tables, I think, in Why Vegas. Why was the lighting weird in there? That's my point. Exactly right. That's my grievance. It's like all the lights were turned out in a casino <laughs> and then they put lights on the floor. And all of this is just Michael Bay trying to make his movie look sassy. You've got Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler. I don't know, sitting on a blanket by a a, a rundown shack that looks abandoned. With lights and yet there's and tree stuff? lights. Yeah. How long is that fucking extension cord? <laughs> I mean, like, who put that up in such in so like such a small amount of the time? The set designer, the set designer, with no thought of <laughs> how did these characters do it. That's my problem. It's oh. like they put it up with their you eyes got, closed. We're like, this looks good, right? Michael was like, yeah, yeah, looks awesome. Love yeah. it. Oh, you know, Michael Bay said that looks fucking perfect, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like so at anyway plus the animal I really thank you I hated it addition like oh. Liv don't let him touch you like that and it's nothing against Ben yeah. I just didn't like I just didn't like it nothing about it felt cute or warm or couplish it's like they'd never met yeah. before I wanted her to go oh god I don't want to marry you <laughs> It's like someone had told Ben, hey, can you act like kind of creepy? And he was probably, I don't, is that really what we're looking for? Yeah, yeah. I want that. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking, the, I hope that's the way it went. Because I was thinking it could go the other way where they said, just be really, do something cute. 
And he's like, oh, I know what's cute, this animal cracker. <laughs> I'm trying to give Ben the benefit of the doubt, but maybe not. Maybe the animal cracker was his uh, idea. I don't know. So, anything else, uh, Grievance, for you before we, before we get into space? The song. You know the song. Come on. Like it. <laughs> it's great. I don't like it. I get the cra- I get the heebie-jeebies um, during romantic scenes um, and slow music. <laughs> this sounds like a reason why you should be in therapy more than anything else. <laughs> maybe one of the, maybe yeah. I'm not a very good wife when it comes to that stuff. I don't like romantic stuff or slow music. <laughs> so does like for. Valentine's Day, does your husband, little Chew, does, does no flowers, no candies? Does he just, what does he give you? A cinder block? <laughs> <laughs> to finally kill me after years of <laughs> detriment. Um, no, maybe flowers sometimes, but no, we don't, we don't celebrate Valentine's. So makes sense. All right. Noted. Moving on. I have no grievance with it. So... We're in outer space, right? We're gonna we're gonna we're going into outer space. You have oil drillers on a goddamn shuttle. These shuttles, by the way, this is another grievance for me. These shuttles move like the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> yeah, different movie, <laughs> different universe. Yeah, I can't. It's it, it, uh, it, it's bothersome. It's just bothersome. I don't like, like it. I don't. They like... had the. They had the technology to make the space shuttle move that fast, but not the technology to see the asteroid coming before it was too late. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, one of those weak cover-ups where it's like, this is the brand new prototype (laughs) for a fancy shuttle. (laughs) Like, fuck, man. Weak sauce. I didn't like it. But we're in outer space. And the first thing we're going to do in outer space, Chew, is refuel. And, of course, we're going to refuel at the space station of a cosmonaut who's been alone for 18 months, (laughs) which I don't think is a thing in outer space. No, you can't be up there by yourself. I don't think even Russia and this, this sort of shows how prejudiced we are against Russia, even in 1998, that they would just leave a cosmonaut alone on a space station for 18 months, a year and a half. A year and a half by yourself. And then it's like he didn't even know they were coming. It's like getting company and be like, you guys, we just thought we'd stop by. Oh, shit. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And for some reason... You know, you have a cosmonaut. He's an actual astronaut from Russia. You do have, what, four actual astronauts for the USA yeah. at least, right? And yet it's the oil drillers getting off the space shuttles and helping with the refueling. That's not your job. Riddle me that shit, Batman. We're not there yet. What the fuck are they That's doing? That's not your job. Yeah. You sit down and stay buckled. <laughs> I don't want you moving. (laughs) But of course, in pure movie fashion, Cosmonaut, by the way, takes Ben Affleck all the way down a ladder and says, pay attention to this gauge. Let me know if something goes wrong. Presumably just so he can go back up the ladder and chat, which is all he fucking does. Yeah, they were just chit-chatting away. Now is not the time. He's... Yeah, he's not paying attention to how the fueling's going. He's making fun of them, I think, about being Americans. And then, with surprise, says, Whoa, something's going wrong. (laughs) Meanwhile, Ben Affleck's down there, and he can't get on the intercom or can't make it to work because, of course, he tried to move a lever. Lever? I would say, I said, I don't know. Lever. And he breaks it. (laughs) Shocker. But he breaks it. So whatever can go wrong is going to go wrong. And of course, it's all going to finish with them just exploding the entire space station. And it was partly because the pipes were frozen. 
which leads me again to right. say, yeah. why were they frozen? Why didn't you know that this was going to be an issue? You knew they were coming. No. Warm that shit up before they get there. And also, like, did you notice? So there's, you know, when they attach themselves, they attach on the side of the space shuttle. Yeah. Right? And this whole thing's exploding, but it has to, that space shuttle has to detach and slowly float away to the side. But they tr- they're trying to match this slow move to the side with a massive explosion right next to it as though it could escape it. But it can't really. So it gets a little way. And then, of course, it Millennium Falcons out of the blast zone. I don't know if... All stupid. <laughs> I don't know if we've mentioned this, but they put fire in the explosion. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Fire abound in outer space. And if you guys don't know... No oxygen. You need oxygen for fire. And what's not in space? Oxygen. Any fucking oxygen. Like, I think there's even a scene where they crash something and there's a panning shot. Also, by the way, panning, not great. Anyway, <laughs> panning shot of wreckage. And the wreckage just has like little low flames. It's on fire. How? It's all very, very Stupid. upsetting. The amount of science that they choose to ignore in this movie is astonishing. Almost impressive. Impro- I was just going to say, it's it's... It's really impressive. The ignorance they choose to show in this movie, including the dramatic slingshot around the moon. I mean, we've seen Apollo 13. We've seen lots of slingshotting, right? Yeah. Yes, you are slingshotting around the moon. Yes, you're moving at us. You're using that the gravity of that object in space to move yourself quickly around it. It doesn't mean that all the lights are going out and you're not, your speed might increase, but not, you know, they make it look like they are going 4,000 miles per hour. (laughs) Yeah. The whole thing is shaking. It's like when you slingshot around the moon, you're putting your life in jeopardy. That's what they make it look yeah, like. Yeah, the premise wasn't wrong. Just the way they did it was awful. No. It, Fucking It's bad. like Michael Bay just made up his own space rules. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Space <laughs> rules. Good. Not space rules. It's here are our list of space rules. <laughs> One, there's fire. There's a T-shirt in here somewhere, I think. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. All right. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we'll finally get on the comet and we'll start drilling. Are you ready, Chew? I'm ready. All right. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. Does the coronavirus have you feeling oogie? Have you been sitting on your couch for weeks? Nay, have you been sitting on there for months? Well, it's time for you to get back in shape. Check out To A T Fitness. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on Facebook. To A T Fitness was started by Tina Bernard. She is ready and raring to go to help you get back into the shape you want to get into. They've got all kinds of classes. They've got outdoor in-person classes. They've got online classes if that's what you prefer. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get back in shape. You're going to find a variety of exercises. You're going to have strength training, cardio, weightlifting, even fun five-minute burnouts that will push you to your limits. So get off the couch, get into shape. Go ahead and check out Tua T Fitness. Tina Bernard has got you for all your needs. I know her personally. She's fantastic. You're not going to meet a better person to help you become the new you. Check it out. And we're back. Chu and I are here talking about the 1998 film Armageddon. We just were discussing, Chu, the nonsense uh, that is abound in this movie, both scientifically and dramatically. 
and we're at the point where they slingshot and they're getting around to the backside of this yeah. meteor. I keep wanting to say comet because the other it's yeah. the other movie that's a comet. But all right, meteor. This is where I I remember thinking that at least this movie looked good. And upon a second viewing, now, at this time, you realize how fucking <laughs> shitty the effects in this movie are. They're terrible. This movie looks bad. The effects, the special effects are worthy of like an elementary school science fair project. <laughs> yeah. It's the equivalent. Over here, I've made a volcano. <laughs> I'm going to put some baking soda in and it will exactly. explode. It was that kind of thing. Bad. I love it when dramatically when they come around and William Fichter, uh, the astronaut in this character, says, God damn, debris. <laughs> and these magical shuttles are trying to maneuver through the debris like Millennium Falcon, Falcon style. It's just like, like did you not think hilarious. that there was going to be debris? Why were you surprised? Didn't occur to you? Right. Everything's a surprise in this movie to everyone. Because they weren't trained. They just were except, like, yeah, let's fuck it. Let's go up. Yeah. Well, except Steve Buscemi, who went upon one. So one shuttle crashes and they think they're dead. Another shuttle lands, but lands, whatever, five miles away from where it was supposed to. But then Steve Buscemi tells them exactly where they are. And that they're sitting on top of iron, which is kind of shitty to yeah. try to drill through. And the astronaut asks him something to the effect of, how do you know that? Now, take another science, another astronaut movie, because there's a great moment in Apollo 13 when they're trying to find the trajectory of entering Earth's atmosphere and Kevin Bacon's trying to tell them, like, we're going to skip right off the atmosphere. And Bill Paxton asks him, how do you know that? And he says, because I can add. <laughs> and so that's a great moment. And you have the same exact moment here, except Victor asks Buscemi, how do you know that? And he says, because I'm a genius. <laughs> and you know what? I'm not even upset about it because it was Steve Buscemi who said it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's stupid. It's it's really a dumb choice as a writer to me. I love the other one. This one is dumb. But because it's Buscemi and because this movie is this movie, it does still work. I mean, marginally, but yeah, I liked it. Right. All right. So let's get into this, not into like the serious nonsense, Chew. The crashed shuttle they get in what i can only describe as range rovers that look like the moon patrol buggy from a 1980s yeah. video game called moon patrol that's what they look like they look like moon patrol buggies and then the real shit starts does it not oh yeah i mean wasn't this one of your least favorite yeah, parts but- the, you I hate hated this part. hated ha in fact i think it takes up the the majority of my notes like two pages worth of notes grievances mind you on this section just right. you know the whole ben trying to motorcross his buggy across canyons and if you don't if you haven't noticed why are there why is it jagged the terrain is jagged in some areas but like plateaus and others. It right. makes no sense. Why would that even happen? It's an asteroid. Well, it's just... I, um... <laughs> Agreed. I have no background knowledge to talk about this. But despite that, I'm completely confident in what they think a meteor looks like. I don't think it looks like that. <laughs> No, didn't you didn't convince me at all. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening and you are a rocket scientist or you are an astronaut or you're some kind of physicist who knows about these things, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Hey, 
Call in. Let us know if I'm wrong. But I don't think meteors look like that. Prove me wrong. I'm happy to be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm fucking I'm right. I'm going to be amazed if somebody and- credible comments and was like, yeah, no, that's that's good. That's right. I want no. I want Neil. God, I hope Neil hears this. Wouldn't that be amazing? I might be a little irritated, but yeah, I'll accept it. All right. So you're completely right, because not only do you have this ridiculous jump over the canyon, but they choose to put the cosmonaut outside of the moon buggy <laughs> while it's happening. So you just add ridiculousness on top of ridiculous. And they don't have their space helmets on in the buggy. There's lots of weird shit. Like when they stop to get the gas, they all take their astronaut suits off and are walking around in clothes. Then as the as the space station is exploding, they're back in their seats in their astronaut suits. Like that was a quick dress. <laughs> was nobody like knocking on the bathroom door? Could you hurry up, please? I'd like to get in. Just slop- sloppy. That kind of shit is just, yeah, sloppy. just stupid. All right. Meanwhile, the other astronauts are trying to drill through iron. And this is when the movie turns up the melodrama to fucking 11. (laughs) But I'm not mad at it, Chew. This whole sequence of the government's going to explode the shuttle wherever it is, they don't even know. They're like, we can't risk it. Let's just blow it up now. Meanwhile, Bruce Willis, who's trying, you know, I he's supposed to have dr- drilled 500 feet and he's drilled eight <laughs> feet yeah. or whatever it is, you know. You know, there's some sort of, yeah, it's been kind of rough going, but, you know, we're going to hit it. And then the government's going to blow up the shuttle. I can't quite figure out the logic behind it since every scientist in the world has told them that will do nothing. No, no, we're going to do it. So we'll just do it. So you have this back and forth. For whatever reason, somebody is able to... Doesn't... See, I can't even remember, Chew. This is how bad this movie is. You forget it two days later. But doesn't Billy Bob Thornton, you know, pull some tricanery? So that they can't detonate it. He gives them some extra time. Yeah. And then they call in on the radio and are like, don't worry about us. We're going to hit it. Yeah. Which leads to this magnificent scene. The worst written scene in the entire movie. But I'm telling you, Bruce Willis and William Fichter are working fucking overtime on this terrible moment where, you know... William Fichter's like, can you hit that mark? I've never missed a mark in my life. Do you swear to me on your family, on my children, that you can hit that mark? I will hit 800 feet. Soaring music. I mean, it's dripping with goo. It's so melodramatic. And yet, and it's it's on my list of grievances, but I fucking love it, because those two actors are yeah. doing their best to to shine a piece of shit. It was very ew, ew. <laughs> and they threw in a gun in that scene too. Yeah. And then Will Patton is like, "Thank God, what are you doing with a gun in space?" right thank god someone wrote that in there because i needed it you needed a one line of common sense from somebody who was thinking of the worst thing to do in outer space which is bringing a gun yeah that was necessary oh man well can we talk briefly since can we talk briefly about space dementia (laughs) yeah what was your reaction to hearing the words space dementia? Because William Fisher goes, oh, my God, he's got space dementia. And this is the moment where, <laughs> where Buscemi's just shooting a Gatling gun. Presumably because he's got the dementia, it's, you know, he, to, to the audience, it just seems like he thinks we're all going to die. So let's yeah. have some fun. 
But then they bring up space dementia. Talk to me about that. I don't know what the fuck that is. And the fact that they didn't talk about it is weird. Space dementia. What? I've looked it up. I can't I can't find anything that proves it or disproves it, which makes me upset, frankly. It's a moment of pure magic in the movie because it's so fucking ridiculous. Like, you can't do anything. Again, it's one of those things where you just laugh out loud with sheer delight. In the, but, but unfortunately, we're in the middle of trying to save the Earth. So, it, so at the it, end of the day, it just comes it across as so stupid. It was so unnecessary. Why'd you make that? Just cut it out. Even if you'd made it, and we're like, this might be yeah. a bad idea. Well, we can just edit that out. But then the editor was like, I'm going to leave it in. I'm, I'm going to leave it in. Oh, fuck yeah. Stupid. We're going to leave it in. Hell yeah. Space dementia? You don't cut that. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. I just saw in my notes, in the middle of the notes about when they're on the asteroid, I wrote, can't wait for this to be over. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and you know what the problem is? I'll bet you wrote that note right in the middle of them trying to make drilling dramatic. It was, that's, to be fair, that's hard. Because all you're seeing is a tube in the ground. And they're trying to make it dramatic by soaring music, having you cut every 1.5 seconds, sweaty face, sweaty face. Tube, worried NASA guy, sweaty face, face. tube, (laughs) rock, sweaty face, light explosion coming out of the ground. Uh Uh-oh, stop. No, don't stop. Keep going. We don't have the time. They're trying to, and this is the problem with introducing oil drillers into your narrative, is because you can't make it too interesting. So. Not that you can't, you're unable Like, the ability has been taken away. It was never there. So then you have Ben Affleck show up, and now he's got his moment to shine where he tells Harry, just believe me, man, I know everything I'm doing is wrong and dangerous, but I'm telling you, I know what I'm doing. And he gets to the place, and they drill their hole. But of course, it's a disaster movie, so now we have to have a rock storm. Rockstorm fucks some shit up, and now one man has to stay behind. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay with that. (laughs) Okay, but let me ask you this, because the one thing, not the one thing, but one of two things towards the end of this movie that really pull me in and make me go... All right, Armageddon, I got you. Are the scene between Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck when he pushes him in and Ben Affleck screaming about how he loves him and doesn't want him to have to sacrifice his life. He's crying. Bruce Willis is calling him his son and telling him it's going to be okay. That's a good scene. It was a good scene. It was good. Okay. We're in agreement. That was okay. But even better... Well, you tell me what you think, because I think even better is Bruce's goodbye to his daughter. Yeah. Right? That was good. Good shit. And there's nothing. You really felt it because she's in the room by herself, I think, and she's saying goodbye to him, and there's nothing she can fucking do about it. Right. But also, I I was just going to say, you know, you don't see a ton of her in like the meat of the movie because she's on earth. She can't fucking do anything, but that really is a tough position to be in where you're two people that you love, your dad and your fiance are most likely going to die. And there's nothing you can do about it except just watch. And I feel like she played her character the best way she could. And I was pleased with her. her, Oh, absolutely. uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. She's good in the movie. I just wish that this toxic masculinity bullshit of a movie gave the woman totally. something to do other than yeah. fret. But she's great in that moment, and so is Bruce Willis. And Bruce Willis, I understand, he actually had pictures of his own kids 
in front of him. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. he used that, yeah, in order to, to get his performance to the place he wanted it. And it's good, man. It was it's good. fucking good. But again, you have this idea of, like, one man savior, Jesus Christ, otherwise known, a.k.a. Bruce Willis. <laughs> He's going to save the fucking world. <sighs> and it's just, I don't know. You've got this uh, explosion right before the rock storm, I think, that, that explodes everything, kills one guy, you know, because he's a minor character, yeah. and, and explodes the Moon Patrol buggy. And, I mean, just, you know, shit everywhere. Then a rock storm, and all of it destroys everything except our astronauts in their thin suits. Convenient. They're all safe. Yeah. So Bruce Willis does save the world. We go home. We get to hear what I like and think is the best thing in this movie, the fucking song. <laughs> you apparently okay. disagree, but I'm all over this song. Bring it on, baby. Aerosmith? Yes. I love Aerosmith. Just don't care for the song. Yeah. All right. But it is, you know... Is it slightly satisfying that some people get to live? That Ben gets to see live? Yeah. Yeah. It's less dramatic. Yeah, I mean, she's already lost. She can't lose, she can't lose twice, you know? She lost her dad. I think it would just be... It'd be too much if she lost both her fiancé and her father. So one of them had to go. Yeah, but I just mean in terms of, you know, in the other movie, in, in Deep Impact... All those astronauts choose to give up their life. They realize that they went on this mission knowing that that's what it might come to. And so it's about, it's the yeah. sacrifice. <clears throat> and in this movie, you have sacrifice, but it's not communal. It's yeah. not together. It's one man. And that to me is just, I don't know. It's less interesting. Yeah. It's weaker. Agreed. Didn't like it. Kill everybody. <laughs> well, I like it and I didn't like it. You know, I like that Bruce Willis chooses to let Ben live. I like that he says goodbye to his daughter. Like, all of that's good. But, again, I just think it speaks to sort of the inherent maleness of this movie versus the inherent femaleness of Deep Impact. Yeah. You said toxic earlier, and that that's a good term. It was, yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. Could have been better, obviously. Well, let me ask you this. We're at the end of it. Do you recommend this movie? Should people see this movie? Is there enough funny shit for people to go see it? No. <laughs> no, there's not. There are good, there are like funny moments. Like there are some good one-liners in there that made me laugh, but you couldn't pay me to watch this movie again for any reason. And wow. you know what? It's not like you're being tricked here. The summary of the movie meant says disaster epic and it is in fact disastrous so no one was like tricking you they said it was a disaster True. and it really was i'm on the fence i you know i feel like it's almost so bad you could watch it no but for instance i wouldn't want to watch it by myself again <laughs> <laughs> i would I wouldn't want to do that. But if I was with a group of people and somebody said, hey, let's watch Armageddon, I'm like, only if I can, you know, yeah. talk shit on it during the whole time we're watching it. They agreed to those terms. Yeah, I couldn't I'm watch in. it with somebody who was really into it. Be like, oh, I love Armageddon. What? No, you don't. Uh, no, you yeah. don't. Kill yourself. I'm sure there's plenty of bros out there that love this movie. You can go ahead and call in. Find us on uh, Facebook or find us, find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. Let us know what you think we got wrong. I think we got it right, I know too. we got it right. And if you're listening to this, you're like, dude, fuck that. I really liked Armageddon. Like, that was such a good movie. You don't need to comment. Because you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we got it dead no, to you guys fucking rights. But you're still wrong. Agreed. You can't tell the listeners not to comment. You go ahead and tell us how full <laughs> yeah. of shit we are. If you love Armageddon, I'd like to know. I'd you. I'd like to. I want you to reveal yourselves. Frankly, 
All right, Chew. Well, that's it. We blasted <laughs> off. The first one is in the books. Armageddon. <laughs> Chalk it up. Anything you want to add before we go? Uh, thanks for listening, and don't bother watching Armageddon. Have a good day, everyone.